But you know something I've learned a long time ago? Those who love the Lord love reproof. They're not afraid to be reproved by the word of God because it brings life, changes hearts, and establishes us in the faith. My message this morning, the stumbling blocks of iniquity. The stumbling blocks of iniquity. Go to Ezekiel 14th chapter, please. Ezekiel 14. This afternoon, if you're coming, you must bring your Bible. Times Square Church people always bring their Bibles. But especially this afternoon, because we're going to go into Jeremiah. We're in Ezekiel this after, this morning, 14th chapter, beginning to read verse 1. I still hear the rustling of the leaves. I'll wait a moment. Chapter 14 of Ezekiel, verse 1. Then came certain of the elders of Israel unto me and set before me. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart and put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of at all by them? Therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that setteth up his idols in his heart and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and cometh to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols, that I may take the house of Israel in their heart, in their own heart, because they are estranged from me through their idols. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, Repent and turn yourselves from your idols, and turn away your faces from all your abominations. For every one of the house of Israel, or of the stranger that sojourneth in Israel, which separateth himself from me, and setteth up his idols in his heart, and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and cometh to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. I will set my face against that man, and will make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet be deceived when he has spoken a thing, I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand upon him, and will destroy him from the midst of my people Israel. They shall bear the punishment of their iniquity, the punishment of the prophet shall be even as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him, that the house of Israel may go no more astray from me, neither be polluted any more with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people, and I may be their God, saith the Lord God. The stumbling blocks of iniquity. Spirit of the living God, I come to you now for a touch from heaven. I take your authority over every demon power, every spirit of opposition that would hinder the word of God. I stand under the blood of Jesus Christ. I stand, Lord, under your unction and your anointing. I speak against every every force of hell that would try to hinder God's people from walking in righteousness and holiness. God, come now. Let your word be a hammer to us. Lord, let it be a hammer that would smash our idols. Let every idol in this house be smashed this morning. Let not one Christian walk out of this place, Lord, with a stumbling block of iniquity in their heart. Break every idol, smash it, O God, till it's nothing but powder. Let us walk away. Walk away, Lord, from our stumbling blocks of iniquity. O God, speak by your power. Anoint me, Lord. Speak with truth and power and unction, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now certain elders come to the prophet Ezekiel to inquire of the Lord and to seek guidance. Now these are not like the rest of Israelites who were falling down in front of stone idols and worshiping them. You would not have found these men in idol temples offering their food sacrifices to these false gods. And they still have a, a, a yearning to hear from God. These are elders. These are the leaders of the people. And they would like to, to appear before the people as a godly, uh, as godly men and, uh, appearing righteous and holy, even though they were whited sepulchers. Outwardly, the appearance was of somebody who has a heart for God and wants to hear the word of the Lord. And so they come in this manner to the prophet Ezekiel. But God, by his spirit, revealed something to the prophet Ezekiel. God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, these men have set up idols in their hearts. These men who come to you now saying they want to hear the word of God, saying they want to walk in obedience to the Lord, they're lying to you. And I want you to know, Ezekiel, that they are coming to you, asking and inquiring of me, but they have secret sins in their life. Every one of these men probably had a different idol because no one, very few people have the same idol. There, there may be groups of people have one particular idol, but these various elders had different idols in their heart. It could have been, for one, a, a love for recognition, a drive for power. For another, the idol may have been a secret lust. For another, it would have been an, uh, an uncompromising relationship. It could have been homosexuality. It could have been anything because you see an idol. Listen to me, please. A stumbling block of iniquity is an idol. A stumbling block of iniquity is anything that hinders spiritual progress. It is anything that stands between you and God. It is anything that causes you to waver in your faith and your walk with the Lord. It is anything that brings shame to your heart and to the name of Christ. It is that secret thing that is never dealt with. It is the idol that is held. Even when you come inquiring of the Lord, you can come to God's house, raise your hands and seek Him, speak in tongues. But if you have an idol in your heart, you have a stumbling block of iniquity, the Bible says. And God says they have it in front of their faces. They come to me with their stumbling block in front of their faces. In other words, he's saying they know exactly what it is because I've dealt with it. I've convicted them by my spirit. They know what it is. It's there. It's not some hidden thing that they have to try to figure out. They know exactly what it is that, that hinders them. And it's occupying their thinking. It's in their mind. And here they are asking for direction from me while they have right in front of their faces their idolatry. They have that thing that is done behind closed doors. They have that thing that is done in secret where nobody else knows about it. And they come to me with that secret hidden thing in their heart. And there they are before me. And they say, I want to know what God says. I want to know the mind of God. God said they have a stumbling block of iniquity. God said these are my chosen people. These are elders of my church. But they know they have something hidden in their hearts. And they know what David said. If I regard or hold to iniquity in my heart, the Lord will 
What? Not, hear me? If I hold to my stumbling block, if I hold to an idol, I can cry, I can pray. Folks, tears are not necessarily a sign of communion. Not necessarily a time because the Bible says in Malachi that those who came to God, and these were the priests included, covered the altar with their tears. They wept night and day, but they had treachery in their heart against their wives. They were divorcing on the right and on the left, still covering the altar of God with their tears. You can cry a river of tears, friends, but if you have an idol in your heart, God will not hear you. Still they come to me, he said, to hear what I have to say. And God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, shall I allow myself to be inquired by these kind of men? Do they really think they can come to me and hear a clear word when they have that idol right in front of their face? That thing that I have dealt with, do they believe, they actually believe they can hear the truth? When they are not prepared to hear it, they're not prepared to do what I tell them to do. Why would I speak to these who are addicted to their idols? He said, shall I be inquired? Let me tell you, friends, any Christian, anyone who's clinging to a secret sin or anything that's contrary to the Word of God, that person cannot hear the true voice of God. Because every idol carries with it a lie, which believes it to be the truth. I say it again, every idol carries with it a lie that is believed to be the truth. When the Spirit of God convicts a believer of a particular sin or habit, the Holy Ghost will come again and again, because He's tender, He's patient, He's loving. He will speak. He will tap you on the hand, so to speak. He is so patient. He will come. He waits and he waits. And then he will discipline. And then when the discipline is rejected, then he comes sometimes with judgment, strong judgments. And when that is, that is not received, he said, I will cast you aside. Even Paul says that, he said, I don't want to be a castaway. He understood that. He understood that Jesus drove even the doves out of the temple. Because of sin. When Saul's heart was under the dominion of an idol, when he had a stronghold of iniquity, when he had this iniquity in his heart, pride and jealousy were his idols. A pride rose up and made him jealous of David. And anyone who walked in holiness, anyone who walked in holiness, became, he became jealous of, he was jealous even of those people who he loved, who he knew loved him. His heart was taken with this idolatry. He went to the Lord time and time again to inquire. He went to God saying, God speak to me. And here's the sad testimony of this man because of his idolatry. And Saul answered and said, I'm so sore distressed. God's departed from me, and he answers me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. You see, God doesn't speak to a man or woman, a Christian. Saul was the child of God. He was the king of the Lord, Lord's choosing. And God says, I won't talk to you, Saul. 
He drew back. Saul could cry. He could go to prophets. He could pray for dreams. God says, no, I'm not talking to you anymore because your heart is captivated by an idol. You have a stumbling block of iniquity in your heart. God didn't speak to him again the rest of his life. He died in that terror, finally going to a witch to find a word. In Jeremiah, the 31st chapter, you read of Ephraim. Ephraim was under severe chastening of the Lord, and under that chastening, Ephraim repented and turned away from the idolatry, smashed the idols, and listened to what the testimony of Ephraim became. Surely, Ephraim said, after I was turned, and I repented, and after that, then I was instructed. Do you understand what Ephraim is saying? I had idols in my heart, and I went to God for instruction, and I couldn't get any word from heaven. But when I turned from my adultery, I turned from my idolatry, I turned from my sin, I turned and I repented, then I was instructed. Hallelujah. Folks, the first thing you get back when you turn away from your idol and ask the Holy Ghost to smash it to powder and you hate your besetting sin, the first thing you get back is the wisdom of God. You get back your discernment. Hallelujah. And the further you walk away from your idol, the clearer you see the voice of God, the clearer it becomes. You hear clearly from God because you are walking away from your stumbling block of iniquity. True Christians who go on in their iniquity and they go to God in prayer. The only voice they're going to hear is the voice of their own idol. They're going to hear the voice of their own heart. And their own desires will take voice. And they will say that is the voice of God. Those with an idle heart, those who refuse to forsake their bosom sin, the Bible says you need not fast. I read this yesterday and I began to tremble. Because folks, I tremble at this book. You see folks, our problem in the church today is we don't believe God means what he says anymore. We've made him to be a man just like ourselves. That he's some doting grandfather. He just overlooks. He's so patient. There's no end of his patience. We can go on and on. As long as we pray and seek God, raise our hands and act like Christians, we can go around indulging our sins, going to filthy movies, sitting and renting videos that take the name of Jesus Christ in vain, adultery, fornication, drugs, sex, alcohol, as long as I praise God. Your iniquities testify against you. So when you fast, I will not hear your cry. And when you offer your bird offerings, I will not accept them. Jeremiah 14, 7 and 12. Think of that. This church is being called before the month is over to a time of fasting and prayer. And let me tell you now, according to what I read here now, if you're going to hold on to an idol besetting sin, go eat all you can eat. Don't even try it, because it's in vain. God won't hear it, unless you're absolutely fasting for deliverance, hating your sin. That's when you fast and pray, God, break the chains that bind me. 
Now those who come to the Lord coddling a stumbling block of iniquity, let me tell you something. God will not totally refuse them. God will answer their prayer because these elders got an answer for, for their inquiry. The Lord answered their inquiry. The Lord answered their prayer. But oh folks, if you've got a stumbling block of iniquity in you and you go to the Lord and you ask for direction, you ask for a word from heaven, you'll get a word from heaven, but it's going to be alarming, fearful answer that you receive. An alarming, fatal answer. Look at Ezekiel 14, verse 4 and 5. Therefore speak unto them and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel that setteth up his idols in his heart, and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and cometh to the prophet, I the Lord will answer him that cometh according to the multitude of his idols. God says, I will answer your prayer. But I know what has your heart. I know you won't listen to any word, so I'm going to answer you according to your heart's desire. I'm going to give you what you want until it comes out your teeth. Until you get so sick of it and say enough as the children of Israel did who clamored and cried for flesh. And God says, you want to walk in flesh? I'll let you walk in flesh till it comes out your nostrils. Until they said enough, I don't want to see it. Israel clamored for a king. They had a lust to be like other nations, and that lust filled their heart. That idolatry captivated their imagination and their thinking. That's all they could talk or think about, a king, a king, a king. God said, I did give them a king in my anger, but I took him away in my wrath. And when they anointed him king and they crowned him, they went around saying, God has answered our prayer. Isn't God wonderful? God is with us. He's answering our prayers. But he answered them according to their idols. In the wilderness, the same thing. They cried for that flesh, so they did eat and were filled. For he gave them their own desire. They were not disappointed in their lust. But while the meat was still in their mouths, he smote down the chosen men that were in Israel. And when those fowls and those birds begin to fall on the ground three feet high, they say, isn't God wonderful? God has answered our prayer. And while the meat is still in their teeth, they're dying. Because God answered them according to their idols. Balaam is offered a great sum of money and great prestige and honor. Prestige and honor if he'll come and curse Israel for the Midianite king. And he refuses because he went to prayer and God said no. And then these men came back with a better offer. Balaam goes back and prays, oh God, he goes to inquire, Lord, you heard the offer, shall I go? And what was the answer? Arise and go. God knew that Balaam had an idol that had captured his heart. He had a stumbling block of iniquity. He would not lay it down. He didn't want released from it because he had this love of money in him. He had a spirit of covetousness. It had become his idol. And the Lord says, all right, you want to go, go, go. And he's on his way. He says, I have the mind of God. God, I pray, God told me to go. God told him to go. He had the word of the Lord. 
but it became a curse to him. He was killed along with the enemies of God, numbered with transgressors, because God answered him according to his idolatry, answered according to the desire that had captivated his heart. A husband came to me, and he informed me he was leaving his wife, and he said, Pastor, our marriage is a disaster, it's hopeless. It's brought me only misery and pain, and I'm getting out. And he said, in words of the fact, I, I know you disagree with me, and you'll probably say I'm not walking according to the Scripture, and I'm walking out of my vows. But he says, I prayed about this. And he says, God made it clear that he understands, and that I don't have to live with that kind of hurt. God doesn't expect that of anybody. And brother, I don't care what you say, I have peace because I prayed about it and God told me it's okay. Did he hear from God? Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. God said, I'll answer you according to the idol in your heart. He heard the word. You say, does God deceive men? No, God doesn't deceive men. But I'll tell you, God will allow you to have the desire of your heart to take voice. God will allow it in your life to bring you to a place where you have to make a decision whether you give yourself to your sin or you say, God, take it. Remember a young minister a number of years ago coming to me and he said, he was weeping, he said, Brother Dave, he'd lost his church, lost everything. If I recall the story properly, he said, I had an affair with a lady in our church for five years. He said, my marriage was difficult, my wife didn't understand me. That's usually the way they say it, doesn't understand me. And that I, I, I got involved with this very spiritual woman and, and, uh, he said, I want to tell you something, Brother Wilson, for five years, I wept as I've never wept in my life. He said, God dealt with me at first, but then it began to feel right. And he, he said, I, I, I preached better than I ever preached, and the church grew for five years. It grew. And he said, I would go to prayer, and, and I, I, would, I would hear this voice, God understands. I understand you. That voice was so clear when he prayed, God, what about it? And he said, but look, and it felt so right. And every time I would pray, I would hear this, this, this assurance that everything's okay. One day she'd be your wife. Until God suddenly exposed it. And the cost was almost unbearable for that man. But you see, God answered him according to the idol that was in his heart. God let him hear what he wanted to hear. And if you're sitting here this morning and you have an idol, you can tell me, brother, I prayed about this. And I'll tell you something. If it does not line up with this book, I don't care if an angel told you what you heard. You say, I'm still blowing smoke in Jesus' face. Some of you are smoking and drinking and... You think nothing of going into a porno movie? That lust has your heart? And you say, I want to hear from God? 
And then you go to the Lord and though God's dealt with you and you've resisted and resisted and resisted the wooing and the calling and the begging of the Holy Ghost, the prophetic word of God, the call to repentance, and you put it all off. And finally, you see, when you do that, sin blinds you and hardens you. So that finally, no preaching, no worker ministry of the Holy Ghost can touch your heart anymore because there's a blindness. Oh, folks, that frightens me more than anything I can think in a Christian's life. That he can sin openly and flaunt it and say, I'm the righteousness of Jesus. I'm the righteousness of Christ. I'll be dealing with that this afternoon. The perverted gospel of grace. How people pervert it. How it's a true glorious gospel that's been perverted. We'll talk about that this afternoon. But you see, God will speak. God told Ezekiel, these men are estranged or separated from me because of their idols of their hearts. You see, that idol blocks communion. There's no such thing as communion with the Lord when there's an idol in your heart. You can tell me that you're close to Jesus. You can tell me that you have communion. You know who you are in Christ. But if you have an idol in your heart, there's no such thing as communion. What did Adam and Eve do the moment they sinned? They hid themselves. They broke communion. You have no communion with the Lord. God said, repent and turn yourselves from your idols. And turn your faces from all your abominations. And in the Hebrew, the word abominations, all your disgusting things. All those things that disgust the Holy Ghost. Repent of them. Turn yourself from your idol. Some people are sitting around waiting for God to come down and, and just pluck that idol out of your heart. Not until you despise it. Not until you pray, God, put your fear in my heart. Cause me to tremble at your word. Holy Ghost, come and empower me. There has to be that cry in your heart. But if you've made peace with your sin, if you've made peace with your idol, there's not much hope of it ever being taken from you. Let's go further now. You still here? Those who refuse to cast down their stumbling blocks of iniquity, refuse to acknowledge their adulterous, idolatrous ways, end up in strong delusion. Strong delusion. Look at verse 6 and not to 9. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, Repent, turn yourselves from your idols, turn away your faces from all your abominations, your disgusting things. For every one of the house of Israel, or of the stranger that sojourneth in Israel, which separated himself from me, and setteth up idols in his heart, and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and cometh to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I the Lord will answer him by myself, and I will set my face against that man, and I will make him a sign and proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. You shall know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet be deceived when he has spoken a thing, I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand upon him and will destroy him from the midst of my people Israel. I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet. Now, folks, you know that God is not capable of deception. And what this means is because you have hardened yourself in your sin with no cry or desire to turn and repent, 
Every word you hear from now on will confirm you in your sin. Everything you hear will be confirming you in your iniquity. Even the word you hear, the preaching you hear, everywhere you turn, everything you hear will confirm you in your delusion. This is illustrated in 1 Kings, remember, chapter 22, don't turn there. Remember King Ahab, he's going against Ramoth Gilead, and he has King Jehoshaphat aligned with him, and he's called 400 prophets, and they're all prophesying, go, you're going to be successful, you're going to win the war, you're going to come back a hero. And Micaiah, the prophet, is called. He stands there and he has a word from the Lord. And listen to what the prophet Micaiah said. The Lord said, Who will go persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Not to be a hero, not to win the war, but to fall and to be killed, in other words. And there came forth the Spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I'll persuade him. I will go forth and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, go forth and do so. Now get this picture, please. There standing before Ahab, a man who is one of the greatest idolaters of all history. A man whose heart is absolutely captured with covetousness and lust. And he is inquiring of the Lord. What does God provide for him? Everywhere he turns, to the right, to the left, 400 voices all around him saying, you're okay, everything is fine, peace, prosperity, everything is fine. A man left this church because he was smoking and drinking and he said the word was too legal and too hard. He's found a church he was led to. Not a word about sin. He sits there just as comfortable as he can now, and it's so sweet, he says. Because you see, everything he hears now, he will be led into his delusion, and everything he hears will confirm his delusion. You don't want reproof? You don't want to sit in a church where ministers bring the hammer of God's word? To break our idols? You want to hold to your sin? God will give you an evangelist. He'll give you a prophet. He'll give you somebody to preach prosperity to you in peace and make you feel comfortable in your sin because that's what the Bible says here. Four hundred voices confirming in his sin. Everything's all right. Do you believe God means what he says? Do you tremble at his word? So, so you can say amen to that, but will you say amen to this? Because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Now this is New Testament, not Old Testament. Because they receive not the love of the truth. In other words, they don't want to lay down their idols. They don't want to get rid of their stumbling block of iniquity in answer to truth. They reject the truth that they may be saved. For this reason, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they may all be damned to believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 
They had pleasure in their sin. They wanted to hold on to it. And God says, all right, hold on to it. But I, I, the Lord, will send you a strong delusion. And how does he do it? He allows your flesh to trail and find and search and seek out that which will minister to your idolatry. God not only allowed the deceptive voice, he arranged it. I see this so often. I so often wondered how people, new people can come into a church and they suddenly are attracted and they, they, they meet somebody just like themselves. Gossipers will meet gossipers. Homosexuals can walk in here and within a day they are in touch with other homosexuals in the church. Just like that. Women who have roving eyes somehow very quickly find the man who's on the prowl. Just like that. And I stand back and say, how, how do they do that? How, how do they do that? A divine arrangement. A divine arrangement. You say, would God do such a thing? He said, I will send them a strong delusion that they believe a lie. God said, I will let you wallow in your sin until you get so sick of it. The only hope I have of reaching you is you come to the end of your rope and your sin makes you sick. Hmm. God will not overpower your free will. But this is an ordained work of God because people are unwilling to forsake their evil practices. You'll find this process at work in Numbers 11th chapter when Israel wept and pleaded for meat. And I told you this, God says, okay, I'll give it to you. And that's what happens when people meet like spirits. God says, I'm going to let you have it till it comes out your nostrils. Now many Christians... Go to the scriptures to inquire of the Lord while they're still clinging to stumbling blocks of iniquity. But even the scriptures will speak to your idol. Mm. They go to the Bible with their idolatry before their face and the stumbling block of iniquity right before their eyes. And they open the Bible and there it is. Exactly what they need to break conviction. Exactly what they need to say. It's okay. It's a man, a number of years ago, I don't even remember all the circumstances, but I recalled it this after, the, the, yesterday in prayer. This is a man, uh, his wife was crippled, and he said, I, I have no, I'm not thinking of leaving her, but we have no marriage, and he said, I was in church and I heard a voice about a certain woman who was sitting near me and the Lord, Lord said she's going to be your wife. He said, Brother Dave, he said it bothered me at first and I know you can't believe this, but he said everything was, it just seemed so strange, but every time I would, and what had happened, it had so captured his heart, it had become an idol. And he said, everywhere I go, he said, for example, I, I turned to Psalm the other day, and there it was. He will bring you into your desired haven. 
He should have known right there, desire is lust. Your desired haven. In other words, everything you hear, and everywhere he went in the word, there it is. Everything confirmed. He said, I've had confirmation after confirmation in the book. And I want to tell you something. And listen to me. Because your eternal soul is at stake. If you have an idol in your heart, you will not let that idol go. You're not looking for freedom and deliverance. Folks, it's one thing to have it and hate it. It's one thing to have it and say, God, deliver me. It's one thing to go to God and say, Lord, I will not put up with this. I'm having a struggle, but I will not make peace with it. I want deliverance. God will stay with you. God will deliver you. But you've made peace with it. And there it is every day in front of your face when you come to God. And you go to the scripture, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to get one confirmation after another. It'll confirm everything. It's not that the word of God lies to any man. But you see, God is answering you according to the idol of your heart. Doesn't that cause you to tremble? To think that if you hold on to your secret... That thing you do behind closed doors that is grievous to the Holy Ghost? Covetousness? Pride? Gossiping spirit? It amazes me that Christians can hear message after message on the danger of gossip and slander and still pick up the telephone. Somebody, I, 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 I was having a dinner recently and a, a young man was visiting and and he said, my mother's on the phone all day long. Talk, 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 talk. Morning, noon, and night. Gossip. We have Christians who hear this. And it becomes such an idol. They live with it. It's become a heart, part of their life. I want to tell you something. All your prayers. Because your Bible said it. You, you can't gossip unless you have something in your heart that you're not forgiving somebody for. There's an unforgiving spirit in you or there's bitterness in you or you wouldn't gossip. And the Bible says if you won't forgive others, God won't hear your prayer. God won't even forgive your sins. And that idol's still there. I, I, I had a minister once that God had me talk to because he's involved in slander. And, and I said, do you know where this is going to lead you? If you know the word, do you know where this is going to lead you? I said, it's the judgment of God. He said, so? I face the judgment of God. And I'll tell you this afternoon, how if that man knew what the judgment of God was, he couldn't say such a thing. It's because he doesn't know the judgments of God. I'm a minister of the gospel. But if I were to allow an idol in my life, secret sin, he will remove me. He will take me from this pulpit. He'll remove anyone from this stage. He'll remove any minister. He'll remove anyone. He will remove you. He'll take his hand away from you. If you continue in your idolatry, continue in the sin. You know, I never 
close without hope. Anybody ready for some hope? Verse 10. They shall bear the punishment of their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be even as the punishment of him that seeketh unto him. Why? That the house of Israel may go no more astray from me, neither be polluted any more with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people, and I may be their God, saith the Lord God. The Lord saying, whatever it takes to get you away from your polluted idol, I'm going to do it because I don't want to let you go. I will woo you. I'll bring a hammer down upon you. I will chasten you. If I have to, I will judge you because I love you. And I don't want to lose you. And God knows the terror that is caused in the heart, the loneliness, the emptiness, the guilt, the condemnation, the fear that's caused by idolatry in the heart. The stumbling block of iniquity, how it blocks the vision of God. How, how awesome, how, how awful and frightening that is. And God says, I don't want you to live that way. I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. And you can't have that abundant life as long as there's an idol in your heart. And God's out to smash that idol, not because he's vindictive, but because he's redemptive. When you see, this is verse 23, when you see your ways and your doings, you shall know that I have not done without cause all that I have done, saith the Lord God. You'll know that all my dealings with you, as strong as they are, I had a reason for it. I had a reason. I didn't want to let my people go. Oh, God, go to any lengths, even to severe judgment, to bring us to our senses and wake us up. So, oh God, sanctify me, purge me, make me clean. Let, let me close with this. Do you have a stumbling block of iniquity in your heart this morning as you sit here? If you do, and you're under conviction, there's great hope for you. If you're sitting here right now uneasy and so, Brother Wilson, Pastor David, that's me. I have an idol in my heart. I have a stumbling block of iniquity. And I know it's hindered me. It's robbed me of my fellowship with the Lord. It's brought me such terror in my heart. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I want my idol smashed today. I don't want to make peace with my sin. If it's lust, if it's sensuality, if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, if it's covetousness, I don't know what. God says, you know. He said, it's right in front of your face. All right. Listen, if you sit here now and you have that idol and my words are just going over your head or it's like water off a duck's back, then you have already under the spirit of blindness and your heart is becoming hardened by your sin. There's only one last hope for you and that's to push your way through. And you ask God to take his sledgehammer of his word and smash through the wall that's been established now. That wall's getting thicker and higher. Cry out, oh God, take your sledgehammer of the word and get through to me. God, don't let me be blind. If there's any delusion in me, if there's any deception, expose it. Expose it, oh God. I don't want to walk in delusion. I don't want to believe a lie to be the truth. I want to hear your voice. No, I'll tell you folks, when you come to the Lord that way and so, Jesus, I give you my idol. 
I need power and authority. I cry out to you, Lord, in submission. And when you come in submission to Him, you will believe His Word that the Holy Ghost will come and empower you. He will do just that. But He waits for you to turn against your idol. Will you turn against your idol and say, Oh God, I hear you. I hear you. God wants you to see one day, to look at your feet. And that idol that stood in front of you, blocking your vision of Jesus, lays his ashes and powder at your feet. You walk over it and walk into the wonderful presence of revelation. God begins to reveal himself to you in a special way. Hallelujah. Will you stand? The Holy Spirit, if I preached your word, oh God, if this was your mind, if this was your heart for this people this day, then you'll send the Holy Spirit with conviction. You'll cause the word, Lord, to bear fruit. And Lord, you will not rail against your people because you're a merciful, loving Savior. You're not railing against your people now, but oh God, you're saying, I mean what I say. The wages of sin is death. You mean what you say when you said, come out from among them, be separate and clean, and touch not the unclean thing. Then I receive you as my son and daughter, and I'll be a father to you. Touch not the unclean thing. Oh God, sanctify us. God, deal with sin and unrighteousness and idolatry this morning. Cast it out of our hearts. We turn to you, Lord, in repentance. And Lord, we know when we turn to you in repentance, you will lift the burden. You will come with your mighty arm and you will smash these idols. Now I'm going to say, all I'm going to say, if you have an idol in your heart and a stumbling block of iniquity, as quick as you can, get down here and say, God, this is it. This is enough. God, I want to be free. God, no more up in the balcony. Just go to the steps on either side. And down in the aisle. Move in close, please. Made your way down. We're going to turn the whole house into an altar now. Even though you've not come forward, you can do this where you're at down in the basement, in the overflow, beside wherever you are right now. Isn't there something in your heart that cries, Oh God, I want to be an open book. Lord, I want nothing hidden in my life. I want the smile and the favor of God in my life. He wants that for you. And He wants to give that to you now. I want you to raise your hands, all who came forward, everybody in the house, let's raise our hands right now. And I want you in your own words to repent and say, God, take my idol. Come on, right now, in your own words. I can't put these words in your heart. Come on, call on the Lord right now. God, take my idol. Call out aloud. Lift up your voice to God. Up in the balcony, main floor. God, take my idol. Smash it. Take my stumbling block of iniquity, oh God, and destroy it. I give it to you, Lord. I give it. I surrender. Tell him you surrender. I surrender, oh God. I surrender. I surrender. Take it from me, Lord.
Let nothing stand between me and Thee, O Lord. Take away every stumbling block of iniquity, O God. Covetousness, lust, take it from my heart. I come against it in Jesus' name. Break the chains. God, bring back holiness to this church. Bring back righteousness to our hearts. Oh, God, speak to us. Do we hear your word truthfully? We hear the honest word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell him you confess it, Lord. I confess my sin to you. I confess my idol. I acknowledge it. I admit it. God, I've sinned against you. Say it right now, Lord. I've sinned against you. Forgive me. I repent. I turn from my sin. I turn from my sin. And then cry, oh, Holy Ghost, come now and empower me. Give me power from the Holy Ghost. Give us power, O oh Lord, against sin. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now thank Him. Give Him thanks. Lord, break every idol. Break every chain that binds. I repent. Heavenly Father, send the Holy Ghost right now. Settle down on this congregation from the top of the balcony. Lord, every place that a voice is heard now. Holy Ghost, finish the work that you've begun. Deal with us, Lord. It's your mercy that you bring a hammer to our sins. It's your mercy. It's mercy, oh God. We thank you. I want everybody in this house to raise your hands and say, Lord, I believe that you love me and I believe that you saved me and going to keep me from falling. Tell him you love him right now. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your faithfulness to me, oh God. I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Now praise him. Just praise him. Praise him with your heart. Praise him with your voice. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. I give glory and honor to your name. This is the conclusion of the message.